We're on the road. Where transportation goes, community grows. Welcome to On the Road with the MTA. And welcome again to On the Road with the MTA. I'm Jay Gibbons alongside with Stephanie Kay from the MTA. How's Stephanie? I am great, but I'm cold. I got to tell you, I've not been warm since it said today's the first day of fall. I've been cold ever since. Really? Uh, yeah, I went Actually, to I can't wait for it to snow. I got some new snowshoes to uh, break in. Oh, I don't think I can like you anymore, Jay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can have all the snow you want, but I think I have to live in a warmer climate. This is why we live in Michigan is for the four seasons, right? Uh-uh. It's because yeah. my family and friends and job is here. Other than that, I'd be in Florida or South Carolina. Uh, I just went to Texas for a wedding. Nice, sunny, beautiful, 85 degrees, oh, and I thought it was like hot. 47 back here. What? I just got back from Aruba, and it was almost 90 degrees every day in sunshine. It was beautiful, but it's yeah. warm. So you won't want it all year long? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I, I we, li- we lived in Florida for a while. It's like, yeah, we, we're done with that. Well, I guess, you know, you might miss the season changes. I'll give you that. <laughs> but yeah, I prefer, my feet are cold. I've never I've been warm since. So I kind of need to have warm weather. Okay. But we have warmth in the studio because I have a friend here right now. Uh-huh. This is going to be like an old, like an old school because it's not going to be just like an interview. This is awesome because I have known Shelly Hoffman for, we just said, what, 26 years? 28, I think. 28. Oof. We met in theater, actually. And she started her own theater company. It's actually, she is the president and director of the Flint Theater Guild. Are you still doing that right now with the COVID? We've taken a little pause, Stephanie, sure. because of COVID, but we are looking for opportunities in the near future. And mm. they do murder mysteries. That's why I first met her doing murder mysteries and plays and she and her husband Brian are so talented and so funny they crack me up when I'm trying to be serious on stage so they're fun to work with and yeah you still do murder mysteries aren't you um not if we can help it (laughs) yeah we do kind of run our course but she's doing something even more important right now I mean that was fun she's talented she is the development director for the shelter of Flint and I don't think people realize just how much the shelter Flint does for this community that's why I asked her to come in there it's amazing and she's had a 25-year career with nonprofit and she's helped millions of people actually because the millions of dollars that she has raised has transformed countless lives for the better so I'm really proud of you Shelly I didn't realize how special you were (laughs) you're extra special (laughs) yes so I know you have won so many awards too I mean it just goes on and on you're on committees and I know that you are working with the um, nonprofit theaters and you've served on boards like the Flint Cultural Center the Center for Civil uh, she's very smart too by the way civil justice you're probably the smartest woman I know. I truly, and I, wow. I know a lot of women. Really, she, you have really studied well. So, what else, what's your degree in? You're setting the bar awfully. High. I am. I know. Just try and see. <laughs> yeah, try to that one. <laughs> try and make that. What's my degree in? Yeah, um, I have an undergraduate degree in history with a minor in philosophy and a master's degree in British um, literature. Oh, yeah. outstanding. Yeah, you can't really top her. She kind of knows. So I kind of feel stupid around her, so oh. darn it. <laughs> but what you are doing is tremendous with the Shelter of Flint. You have helped so many families. It used to be just women, right, that are like single women. So, yes, the Shelter of Flint started as a women's night shelter in 1983 on the east side of Flint. And shortly thereafter expanded um, to take in families and to be a 24-hour shelter as well. Now, uh, since then, you're also taking like single men that might be with children. They need a place to stay. Are you doing that now as well? We do, yes. Okay. Um, and families? Families, uh, single women, women with children, uh, two parents with children, or single men with children. Well, it's impressive what you have done, because I know last year you provided over 17,000 nights of emergency shelter to 485 individuals. Half of those were children. When you think about that, you need to have children in a warm climate like that, and served over 51,000 meals? 
That's correct. We serve three meals a day to our residents, and our capacity is between 70 and 75, and um, usually um, at least 50% of our residents are children. Um, Tonight, there will be 32 children sleeping in our shelter. Oh, really? You know already? You already know this. Unless they exit to housing today, and I don't think that they are. So, So, okay, Shelly, if somebody's listening right now, and they're thinking, I need a place to stay tonight as well, how can they do that? There's a coordinated entry system in the community, Stephanie, and people who are in need of housing um, can call a central number and be directed to a shelter that uh, fulfills their needs and is has space available. Can you share and that number with us? I can. It's oh, good. 810-544-HELP, H-E-L-P. Oh, that's wonderful. It's an easy one for them to remember, too. So it's 810 810- Five four four help. That's correct. Well, we gotta write that one down because you never know. You might not need it yourself, but somebody else we know might need it one day. Absolutely, that's so easy to remember. And and most people are um, just one paycheck away from a, a missed paycheck away from a calamity um, that could leave them without shelter. And so it's important to be prepared. Um, it's sure. it's amazing to me how easy it is to become homeless. We talked about that as being friends. We just talked about over the campfire and stuff. Just you don't realize that to look down on somebody who's homeless is so wrong because that could be you one day. You never know. I was a single mom to two kids and it was a struggle for me every week, you know, every month. So I get that. I understand how that could be debilitating if you've lost a paycheck or your car broke down or you have to go to the hospital, you have a big bill. So if somebody's listening right now, they think, okay, I need a place to stay. When it gets really cold outside and they have to go through a process, is there some place they can go until they can get in? Catholic Charities operates a warming center, the Center for Hope, that um, can be found in sure. downtown Flint, and that's usually available for people who um, just need to get warm or have a temporary place. So if they call this number, the 544-HELP, and could they say, okay, give them the information where to go for the shelter for that for that warming shelter? They'll yes, tell them, okay, would be that's the number that. to call. Yep. Okay, so you don't, have to call, you don't have to have two numbers, one for the Catholic Charities and one for you. This is, gets them there. That does it. Good, good Excellent. to know. So, okay, tell us like who usually would use this or how they can use this or like what, once they come in, you want them to find permanent housing, correct? Right. So when um, families come to our shelter, um, they, they stay as long as they need to, to get the support they need to move into a home of their own. So they're assigned a case manager and the case manager works with them to make sure that they are maximizing all of their income opportunities and um, then also works with them to help them find stable living. So that, I mean, you might find a woman who's been maybe in an abusive relationship and she has a child. She needs to get shelter immediately. So calling this number, how long would it take her to be able to get in? It depends upon um, availability of beds, unfortunately. Sure. Uh, there's, there's usually more demand than can be met. I bet. And I should also mention that the YWCA Safe House is an excellent um, service for um, women who have survived domestic violence. Well, that's expensive because you give them shelter and food and what have you. So how are you funded with this? Um, we are funded mostly f- um, through government 
funding. Um, it's HUD funding that is funneled, some through the state, some through the county, some through the city. Sure. And then also the generous support of individual donors and corporations and foundations. So if somebody was listening right now and they think maybe they've used this service in the past or they think they might need it in the future for their children themselves, or they just want to help out, is there a number they can call to donate? Or is there a website? Is there someplace they can help? Um, if they go to shelteroflint.org slash donate, um, there's a donation form online. You oh, know, because anymore, I think sometimes that's best to do at Christmas. Because right now, as we get older, we buy what we want for Christmas. But what can we do to really help the community? You could donate in somebody else's name, couldn't you? And make that like a Christmas gift. Absolutely. And we also have an Adopt-A-Family program available to oh. people who want to help our residents directly. Um, this year, we're doing a gift card program for them so that each of our residents has an equal amount of money oh, to spend nice. on each family member and can choose what they want to buy for their children. Now, I know if I go to like the Catholic Charities, they will accept donations of clothing or diapers or whatever food. Do you take donations there at all or not? We do take some donations. Uh, it depends on what they are. We're not currently able to take any pre-owned items. Um, COVID, I get that. Yeah, it, our staff has just been, um, has been working so hard through COVID and to pr bring in and process um, things like used clothing takes a tremendous amount of staff time. And so we've had to just cut back on that. And there are so many other um, places available to get those items for our residents. Well, I know you said you're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That takes a lot of staff. That takes a lot of manpower. It certainly does. And, <laughs> I can't and, imagine. And as you can imagine in this current staffing climate, it's a constant challenge. Are you hiring? We are almost always hiring. I bet. <laughs> so what's your capacity of rooms? How many do you have for families to come and stay there? We have, um, I believe we have about 15 rooms total. Um, we have 74 beds. Um, some of those beds are in a an isolation ward for COVID. Oh. So if we do have anybody who is um, positive... COVID positive, we isolate them in this room. And we, we have also been a designated location for the um, for hospitals to release women to who really? are COVID positive and wouldn't, ha wouldn't otherwise have anywhere else to go. Well, that is oh. wonderful to know they have some place to go, but isn't that dangerous for the staff there too, thinking I'm bringing somebody COVID in here? I mean, that's how do you take your precaution to protect we, yourself? We, we have um, pretty stringent um, COVID precautions Good. in place. We've had them in place um, since since the beginning and um, we're really proud of how safe we've been able to keep our staff and our our residents. So do they have to be vaccinated to come and stay there? I mean if somebody comes in do you ask they are vaccinated or can you offer vaccinations or the, is that not even an issue? Our staff has been trained to administer rapid testing and so all new um, admits into the shelter receive testing and then we do um, hold uh, vaccine clinics mm for them um oh, and good. so um we're, we're doing our best to I know, get the unsheltered population vaccinated in the community and i know speaking to you too you try to really educate the people on how they can become independent and get their own place which is really important instead of just saying you stay here until you have a find a place i know you have programs in, in place like that as well right we do and we are not just a shelter um, we have two other program areas as well oh. and one of those is focused entirely on um, putting people into housing and keeping them there. Oh, good. That's great. 
So how does that work? Like if somebody, do you teach them like how to change a light bulb? I mean, like what, how do you keep them in their houses? Like to train them how to uh, maybe have a financial plan? Because yeah. that, that is important. I mean, there was, um, Ed and I, Ed Benning, who's a CEO and I, went to the tiny house program in um, Detroit. And they have a situation where if they're going to put you in the house, you have to sp- you have to spend at least one hour every month in a class. And one was how to change a light bulb, how to plunge a toilet. Because some people don't know to do that. If they've never been in a home or they came from a shelter, they don't know how to take care of their own home. So so our permanent supportive housing caseworkers do work with their, their clients to get them the things they need to be successful in their homes. Um, one of them um, told me about a t- how she... Um, brings them a plant and when she does follow-up visits she asks to see the plant and interesting and and she can tell usually by their care of the plant how they are doing oh that's a great idea yeah if the plant is thriving typically the the client is also ordinarily I would say that is a brilliant idea but I will see a plant in the store and think, do you want to come with me and die? Because I will not take care of that plant the way I should. I just have a green thumb. But that is, that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, she also takes them a folder, a file folder box so that they can keep all of their important oh, papers in oh, one place. Nice and idea. it's kind of selfish because when she visits them, they can't say to her, I don't have that paper because it should be <laughs> in right their there. box. It should be. I need one of those boxes. That's a good idea. Oh, we could all use that. No, truly, I am not organized that way. And that's helpful. That's, I mean, you know, I would... I'll come stay in the shelter and I can, I can get these classes. No, I'm so grateful you're there for people because, you, like you said, you don't know when you yourself might find yourself in a situation where you're homeless or need a place or need a step, just need to step up. Or somebody we know, you know, your neighbors. Sometimes mm-hmm. their kids or their your own next-door neighbor might need this. So going online again, give us the uh, website for your online. Shelterflint.org. And with that, is that where they can also find maybe a job offer if they're looking for jobs and shelter and everything? Everything can be found on our website. Okay. Yes, we, we <laughs> have job good. postings. We have a donation page. We have a wish list posted there. So if people do want to donate goods to the shelter, yes. um, there's a list there of what we are most in need of. And we try to keep that as up to date as possible. And um, we also have on the website um, a pre-admittance form that could be oh, um, completed by people who are looking for housing. We just we try to make it as simple as possible and in this community there's an approach of no wrong door so if someone comes to us and we don't have room for them if they call us directly rather than using the coordinated entry line um, we will work with them and with other shelters to find a place for them well i know you just moved where is your new location where are you now didn't you just i thought you i thought you moved recently no are you still in the same place uh we've had um, our shelter at uh, on Cedar Street since 2013 when the Child Welfare Society donated the building to us. Yeah. Our administrative team um, moved out of the shelter last year to make room for those That's COVID isolation wards. Okay, because okay. I knew you went from 38 beds to like 75 per night. That That's over the years. Okay. But, but yeah, that actually, yes, that was in 2013 with okay. the move to the Cedar Street. Well, I mean, that, that grew a lot. That, yeah, that's huge. Practically doubled. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So I know that we partner with you. MTA does partner with the Shelter Flint to make sure you have bus passes. So if somebody does call and say, I can't get to you, you can provide a bus pass for them to come to you or to go to the grocery store. How does that work? So our bus passes are typically for people who are clients. Um, so I, I suppose if somebody needed to get to us that we would 
do anything we can to, to get, get them, them there. there. Um, and then we also have a street outreach program um, where our staff go out to find people who are living unsheltered and to try to enroll them in a program to move them into housing. And um, they also use bus passes for that program. That must be hard. I mean, if somebody's homeless and they don't have the computer or television to know how I'm going to get shelter, how do you reach these people? That has to be a challenge. By walking miles and miles really? around areas where people living unsheltered gather. Do well, you have like a little pamphlet you give them or something with a phone number or how do you do that? Uh, our staff give them business cards. They also give them um, supplies that they need. So if oh, they're nice. not ready to enroll in the program, um, our staff can make sure that they have gloves and hats oh, and, nice. and, um, and food and anything that they might need while they're living out on the street. So you did mention they can call you directly instead of calling this this uh, direct line. So is there two different numbers? There's something, another number they should have, or is you just want to stick with the 544 help? I'd rather stick with Okay, 544 help, yeah. good. Okay, because that, call that number. That, that's easier. That's yeah. easier. Yeah. It's easy to remember. Yeah, I know a friend of mine, she's so thoughtful, and she keeps um, in her car, she keeps little bags, little plastic bags, and inside the plastic bag is a pair of gloves, $5. Um, she has like little things that they might need just every day when she sees somebody say I'll work for food or they're on she just gives them that so that would be a great thing to put in that bag is that phone number so they can they can actually call and get some help yes that would be well I'm going to tell her to do that (laughs) so do you have cards already made up we can pick up or should we just do it ourselves and write that number down um I think probably just write Write them okay share that number with people yeah well, that's good to know, Shelly. Thank you. I'm really, this is important information that people need to know. And I hope we're never in that situation. I hope nobody finds himself in that situation, but it's great to know you're there if they do need it. Thank that's you. That's wonderful. Also, you can tell them too, right now, Sundays, all the rides are only $1. So if there is somebody in the shelter and they want to go to the grocery store or they want to get someplace, there's, uh, it's, it's only $1 to give it a try on Sundays right now. That's wonderful. Thank you. And we have our 50th anniversary coming up on November 18th. So anybody was a customer appreciation. You can go down to our transfer center downtown and there's going to be free cider and donuts and a lot of information about how you can use rides to wellness, which gets you to the doctor's office, rides to groceries, your ride. MTA has a lot more than just the bus services. So they can go down there for free and learn about that. So and get their free cider. So Excellent. We'll pass that on. What get a great lunch. opportunity for people. And not just our shelter residents, but anybody listening. That's right. I'll meet you down there for a donut. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you're a busy girl. You got to go walk those miles now and find people. So we're going to let you go. But thank you for coming in. Is there any last words you'd like to give us or anything else you'd like to say? Um, I'd like to say thank you for this opportunity. And just to remind everyone that um, people who are experiencing homelessness are not lazy people. They're just people who have fallen on unfortunate circumstances. They're probably the least lazy people I've ever met. Um, If you can imagine what it takes to survive living on the street from day to day and how hard that is. Um, Most people are just a missed paycheck away from um, being without shelter. Yeah, That is a good point. And I don't think any of us have experienced hunger. I mean, true hunger. And just think that people are out there are starving. You know, that's so thank you for that. Thank you for these services. We need that. And thank you. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> well, thanks to everyone for listening to On the Road with MTA and Stephanie K. And, and Jay. Jay. <laughs> and we definitely have more for you next week as well to keep you updated on things and services out in the community. So thanks for listening. And please stay safe. You've been listening to On the Road with the MTA. For more information on our services and community outreach, visit us online anytime at www.mtaflint.org. 
And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The MTA, your community, your connection, your way.